0: To Friday night edition, special edition of uh, Fancy Football Chat. Breakdown. It's the boardroom with the undroppables. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the NFL and fantasy football and everything in between. Uh, to start off with, we've got a number of the undroppables up here on stage. If they want to go around and introduce themselves, let's get started with that, shall we?
1: Absolutely,
2: yeah. I give the floor to to Saber Metrics.
1: All right, I'll start it off. So, uh, what's up, everybody? My name is Dan. Uh, a W L Saber Metrics is probably what my Twitter handle is better known as. Um, you know, I've been with the Andropolis for a few years. Well, not a few years. It feels like a few years because I've known them all for so long. Uh, but for a little while now, uh, do editing and like contract salary cap type stuff for the group. And then, I don't know, whoever wants to take it next.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Chris, uh, at Detroit Beastie, people know me, Chris Robin at Detroit Beastie. Uh, I just joined uh, with the Undroppables after a, um, you know, a very good season in terms of my DFS content. And I'm not even talking about, like, winning money. I'm talking about, you know, uh, the buzz around it and people reading it and, and asking me questions, engagements, and all that stuff. So, you know, very. I would say the last like month or two of the season, I, I I've been friends with let's say Reedy or Jacks, uh, as we as I call him, Scotty Too Hotty for for a while now. And every time we used to chat or get together on a broadcast, they would they would just drop subtle hints like, "That'd be great if you came here to the Undroppables." And then, right or in the NFL, it really sank in, and I wanted to explore that. And here we are. So I am uh, I'm going to be doing DFS. Ah, uh, to the best of my ability, and uh, you know, NFL, college, and hopefully in the future, cover hockey and baseball DFS. Everything and anything DFS. I, I love to do, and hopefully, um, if you read my stuff or you ask me questions, ah, uh, we can do good together.
3: All right, so I'll go ahead. So, at Fantasy Dukes is my Twitter handle. People just call me Dukes, uh, but I do uh, graphic design for the Undroppables and. I've actually been playing fantasy for uh, 15 go- – well, this will be 16 years now. Um, nice. So I'm just, just like a lot of these guys. I'm just a, a fiend for it, and it, it consumes so much of my time. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, mostly my job is just to make these guys' articles look good. But uh, I'm also an avid, avid fan and uh, excited to answer some questions.
4: Excellent. Is that everybody, or are we? Is that all of us? I'm Kyle. I'm here, but I'm trying to print
5: something right now, so I'm not really paying attention.
4: And
2: that's KL fancy for you. There it is.
1: And babe, Kyle. <laughs> I appreciate
2: hey. the honesty. Like I'm here, but I'm not really doing anything.
5: I like that. Yeah. Yep, I I'm mean, going to a. I'm going to a career fair tomorrow, and I'm trying to print my resume, but I forgot to bring my computer, uh, so it's quite the issue.
0: And there's Chalk in the chat. Chalk, we're just going around introducing ourselves. Why don't you uh, go ahead and give your uh, your uh,
4: spiel?
6: Yo, what's up, guys? I'm Chalk. Um, part of the Indroppables crew. Just one of the behind-the-scenes guys, just trying to. Make sure our team is putting out the best content that we can. Um, you know, Space Ghost, thanks again for having us on, man. Really appreciate always the support and love um, of the brand and all of our guys. So uh, looking forward to it. Sorry I'm late. I was um, driving home trying to get on this thing.
1: Right, don't listen to him. He's a sandbagging right now, hardcore. He's not just no. a random behind the scenes guy. He's the reason we're all here. <laughs> no, man.
6: No, for <laughs> real. Um you you know, as as people know in the audience and you know, the team is really the guy, that you know, the guys are putting out the content. I'll do some content here and there, but these guys, they're really the, the true content creators.
0: All righty. So as as you say that these guys are the true content creators and you know, you're you're sort of uh, an orchestrator of sorts. Um, you you've already said that you're Marvel more than DC. So, who's which Avenger?
6: You guys can go go around. Um, I'd say I'm Fury. I'm Nick Fury. Um, you know, I'm the I'm the guy that's pulling the streams, putting the team together. So, you know, I'll, I'll consider myself Fury.
1: I literally don't know any of them. I'm not a comic book guy. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: so Saber is editing the
3: comic book. All right. How about you, Dukes? Oh, well, my favorite growing up was always Spider-Man. But I would say, you know, like I said earlier, my job is to make the group look better. So uh, just call me the Black Widow.
4: Oh. Uh... Yeah.
0: He said, Ah. Uh... beastie beastie where are you coming from
2: well i mean how can i pass on being iron man i mean tony stark is is fantastic i mean he's uh well put together uh he's he's well spoken he's eloquent as that means and uh he i I don't know what else how else i'm not trying to compare myself to iron man but in terms of of what tony stark does and again i'm not saying like i'm some genius or i'm good with you know Uh, I, you know what, I guess I'm good at creating DFS content, little, you know, funny, little, you know, buzzwords (laughs) or articles, or I'm doing this, this really fun, uh, graphic run of things where they're meant to be brainless and funny and, and to poke fun at the other big websites doing that. So I do like to create as does Tony Stark and all his, his toys and everything he's got going on.
3: Chris is also very good at just talking and, and good at, uh, keeping and hearing himself talk. So very much like Tony Stark in that way too. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> you burned, you burned me, but I appreciate it. No, it was a compliment, man. You're great at keeping it going.
0: Thank you. And to start us off with, um, you you've mentioned, we put out a lot of these AMAs and, uh, Some folks in the server, well, namely, there was one individual that said a lot of them seem to say the same thing. So he's wondering, this individual that asked did not say that, but he's wondering, what do you guys think makes you all different from the crowd?
3: So I saw this question. I can chime in on this. Um, Just as mostly an observer because a lot of these other guys are creating the content and then I'm – doing the design work uh, that you see on the site and and everywhere else. But um, I would just say that so much of what these guys talk about, especially this time of year is more theory based. And um, a lot of the content you see out there is more, um, if not just straight rankings or hot takes, it's it's just sort of trying to dissect numbers but i think a lot of what the undroppables do goes beyond that even it uh sort of takes the numbers and then applies that to this whole uh bigger idea and that's the theory that we talk about
1: yeah and you know i think i can i can pick up from there too i think you know at, at the end of the day we're here for actual fantasy content um and that's not trying to throw random shade at anybody or anything. It's it's more of, you know, we're here. We push ourselves in our own group chat, I think, more than anything. Uh, we're constantly calling each other out for takes and theories. Um, and our biggest thing is we want to actually provide actionable content for all you guys. It's not just for, you know, likes and followers on Twitter because, you know, cool, if you have 1,000, 2,000, 10,000, 20,000, if it. You're not really actually putting out content that you can do something with, then who cares? Uh, so I think the biggest thing is we constantly push ourselves to actually create content that's going to help you win, and it's not just like bullshitting on Twitter just just for the sake of it.
2: If I may, I you know. Who, that question or that random comment about you know P, a lot of a lot of us you know girls guys whoever uh they say the same thing and i, I tend to agree because you know th- it there's a lot of people on social media there's a lot of people playing fantasy football there's a lot of people doing dfs or wanting to broadcast podcast do graphics whatever they want to do and people get too caught up in in wanting wanting to fit in and that's fine that's human nature to want to you know, go with the flow, fit in, go under the radar. Because if you're, if the spotlight is on you and you have that limelight, maybe that makes you uncomfortable. Maybe your, you know, your confidence is low, things along those lines. So when you get a, a group of people, or let's say me specifically, you know, just just coming into this thing, excuse me for my alarm, you know, I, I don't want to uh, ruffle anybody's feathers. I want to fly under the radar. And then when my time to shine is when I'll shine. So everybody kind of gets in where they fit in, and it becomes a routine where, well, I don't want to uh, say something silly. I don't want people to share my stuff and make fun of me. I don't want to be known as that 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 idiot guy or girl. Did I do something stupid? So everybody plays it safe, and we know, well, at least I do. You know, playing DFS all these years, you know, fortune favors the bold. You know, but there's a line there too. Can you be too much? Where, as Duke said, can you be too hot takey? Can you be, you know, just where you're off in space and then you get to that point where nobody respects what you say because it's so out of line and it's so maybe out of character. So a lot of people say the same things because it's safe. I can just, you know, run through the halls or fit in with the crowd on Twitter and everything is good. I'm going to get a little bit of a, you know, a following. I'll have, you know, people asking me questions, but I'm playing it safe and that's cool. I mean, because I, I don't know how anybody else thinks or how they react right and i i don't want to be you know just another dfs guy i want to be a guy who is very engaging you know people can talk to him they can ask him questions and he's not going to be afraid to say something silly or say something different but i'm going to back that up with not only my confidence but also numbers and and facts like that so very long-winded way people do say the same thing and that's just the safe route and there's a lot of uh a lot of people that look for that, and that's fine. Not putting anybody down.
4: That's yeah. a
2: well-thought-out answer all around.
0: Go ahead, chat. Yeah. Charm right in.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, just agreeing with Chris there, that there is sort of that uh, mockingbird effect that happens on social media and all that. So that's why a lot of people end up saying the same thing. And sometimes you even see it's almost a direct take of what someone else had just said, and then they just reword it. That's a whole other thing. But yeah, I think that definitely exists. So you got to make sure that you're, you're uh, staying the course and you're just, you're taking bits of information from everywhere you can get it. And then you're applying that to your own strategy and you're not just listening to one thing or the other. Uh, I mean, even our whole our team as a whole, we disagree on certain things, and that's what keeps us, like, we feel
4: grounded. Yeah, Rondell Moore. Yeah,
6: yeah Rondell <laughs> yeah. Moore. I think Dukes made a good point. Um, if I could just jump in real quick and I could pass it to, I think maybe Kyle is trying to talk. Um, you know, I think Dukes made a good point that, you know, even for ourselves, you know, being, what, 20-so deep, Um, you know, we're not an echo chamber at all, and we never, um, just agreed with each other just to agree. Um, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that I'll have takes or ideas or thoughts. I'll put in the group chat and I got guys like Kyle or, or Dan, AWL or whoever, um, you know, not necessarily agreeing with me and bringing up good points and challenging my view on things. And i learn all the time. Um, and I think that's a great part about what, what we do is. We're all humble at the at the core. I think we have we exude a lot of confidence and swagger, which makes us a little different. Uh, some people that might not be everyone's cup of tea necessarily. Uh, even the name, the undroppable, just kind of has a certain ring to it. Um, but deep down inside, we're all humble guys, uh, humble people, uh, and you know we're always learning from each other. And you know, like I said, I'll be the first to admit that I'm I'm not always right, and I I enjoy those debates with these guys. Um, where I'm, I'm definitely sharpening, sharpening my, my, my own takes and, and thought process.
0: And I believe Kyle's still printing something. So we'll move right along here. Um,
5: I mean, mean, I'll, I'll add the chalks wrong all the time. (laughs) 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 Also, yeah, he's a Lakers fan. So there's that. And also, going back a question, I'm Hawkeye. It's, n- n-
4: nobody knows who I am.
0: Good answer. Good answer. Um, when So let's start talking about fantasy football coming up this season. Uh, let's start with the redraft. And we've got a request to speak here from Marcy. Uh, Marcy is fairly new to redraft, um, fairly new to fantasy football in general. So we're going to bring her up to uh, speak, and let's uh, give it a chat. Come on up here. Welcome to the stage. Right. Thank you. So what have you got for us, um, uh,
7: Nothing much, really. I have a few questions about it, just in general, and how to get better at it. But yeah, overall.
0: That's what we're here for, yeah.
7: Uh, Overall, though, I was just looking for some uh, sports stages. I came across fantasy football, and I'm like, I'm starting to get into that. Let's go.
0: (laughs) That's how I feel like uh, a lot of people get into just, uh, you know, it only takes one year to get hooked. At least that's how it was in my case, and we'll Mm spend to the Undroppables for that.
7: And fantasy football, fun fact, isn't actually the first fantasy sport I did. I actually started with fantasy hockey. Uh, was the oh, first nice sport i did uh, now we're field. talking marcy that's <laughs> yeah.
2: my fa- that's my fa- my all-time favorite uh Excuse seasonal me? sport and it's my favorite dfs sport is ice hockey i'm here in detroit hockey town not so much right now but hockey and the Ooh, Red Wings are, are you're not, in my you're not, veins you're not,
7: gonna like me. you're not gonna like me after this I'm a Blackhawks fan I
2: knew it yeah that, that's <laughs> of all the teams in the league I respect and all the teams in the league are fine but there's just something about you Blackhawks fans I, I just can't do it it's like I I it, it's Green Bay Packers fans for football and it's Chicago Blackhawk fans in hockey but uh Started off on the right foot. I mean, there's nowhere to go but up from here, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> uh, I uh,
1: I missed it really quick. I'm sorry. The Bruins, they've been playing. How how have you guys been doing in, in the playoffs? I've been really busy with the Bruins. The Blackhawks? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Um,
7: oh, wait. I just realized the irony in that. <laughs> all
3: right, not, not a hockey fan here, but I'm going to spin this back to fantasy football. I have a little yes, bit of – A little bit of advice, Marshy Hawks. Um, So, I think when you're first getting started, the most important thing when you're approaching any uh, fantasy football league is just go over the settings and know them, like uh, the palm of your hand or whatever the expression is. Um, And then then you'll be able to tell people when you're asking for advice, you know, these are the settings, this, 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 this. And then somebody that might know a little more about – you know what moves should be made at, at in a current current time are going to be able to tell you better based on those settings what you should be doing and then also how you should be drafting and all of that. So settings that's the main point I just want to leave is just settings are key for any league because there's just so many different types.
4: All right. you know,
1: I, I, something that honestly helped me. So I started. It sounds like you're you're pretty young and, and I started pretty young with this too. Uh, Honestly, one of the biggest things that helped me just to, like, start to learn the game and and different, just, like, start to create even your own thought patterns and strategies is just, like, take this year and just do a bunch of, like, random ESPN drafts and just, like, and whether or not you remember even all the teams, like, getting that practice and those live reps of actually drafting and then trying to make some in-season moves um, you know, fantasy football, it's it's a lot like baseball in the sense of like you're going to fail all the time, uh, but it's starting to learn those strategies and those just like how you play the game. Uh, so one of the biggest things is just getting as many reps as you can. So, um, you know, trying to draft a couple of leagues and, and just keep up with two or three, even um, just the free random ones on ESPN or, or sleeper or, you know, whoever, Um that's even just a really great way to just to get practice in it and see what works and what doesn't work.
7: All right. And the draft aspect of that actually fits in perfectly with my next question, uh, which has to do with the draft Is in like, when should I pick the positions? And basically just when should I pick the positions? Cause uh, I've heard a lot of people on what you should pick first uh, one of the biggest wild guards is I've heard people say you should pick up Kicker first. I never believed that guy with anything ever since then.
1: Yeah, don't believe that.
7: <laughs>
1: um, I think,
2: if I may, real quick, I think that's just an occurrence of of the, there's there's certain groups of people on Twitter who are way into kickers and punters, and that's fine. And they've created specialty leagues where kickers, like the kicker premium, you hear tight end premium, all, all all that stuff. They they're creating these fantasy football eliminator challenges or best ball leagues where they can go and tweak the settings, and kickers score just as much as a quarterback, like Pat homes or just as much as a running back like christian mccaffrey so that's like a novelty thing like that's not regular everyday fantasy football so never draft a kicker first overall but as as i believe dukes or sabermetrics said just check your settings before you draft maybe you are in a kicker premium league
7: yeah like
1: sorry. yeah I- oh, go
7: ahead
1: sorry go, go ahead. ahead go ahead oh sorry, sorry, sorry no no i was gonna say i would go like I mean, for the most part, you're probably just playing in pretty normal, like, PPR-type leagues. Um, you know, the the best way to do it is... It's always going to be draft slot-dependent to a little bit, but especially when you're just starting out and, and starting to hone your craft, um, you know, th- it's always the safest to start running back, running back. Um, from there, you can start to understand better, Whoa. you know... When to... I will be... <laughs> Listen, Brian. Where zero RB is a little bit more advanced, all right. So, like when you're when you're starting out to really just understand what works as a, a really safe, strong style, um, starting out with running backs uh, early, then transitioning to wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, kickers, and defense. The last two picks, like just ne- never pick them early. Always wait to the end because um, you can always pick a new one up and stream them. So. Um, yeah, start running backs early is, is always a great, safe way to start a team. All, All right. right.
8: I have to add in because I'm the undroppable zero RB like enthusiast, I feel like, uh, that zero RB, it sounds like you're really into fantasy sports, uh, and so you're going to be watching the waiver and stuff, and zero RB, yeah. if you're really into it, zero RB is definitely a way to go um, that makes it more interesting and more fun. Uh, and it's something that you just have to pay a lot more attention to because you have to figure out what running back you're playing every week. You don't have those studs. So if you're really into it and want to make it fun, maybe make one of those teams a zero RB don't draft a running back until maybe seventh, eighth, ninth round, um, and see that and play that waiver wire every week. And it'll keep you interested and keep you on whatever
3: app you're playing fantasy sports on. All right. So here, here's a good example of how a lot of the end will disagree on certain things.
7: Um, yeah, I can tolerate that.
3: I I think it's it's more nuanced than that. The way you should draft, you shouldn't really think about any certain position first. You should think about tiers, um, which yeah. which superstars go first, and then one thing that I do like to often do is take a a high end tight end early if it falls that way, uh, but I'm not going to force it, but uh just because that position can get really scarce. Uh, speaking of the waiver wire, tight end is one that's it's tough to find out there, a uh, reliable weekly starter. So, um, except for, you know, if you were able to land Logan Thomas or something last year. But, uh, yeah, I would say it's, it's more nuanced. That's why you have to keep learning and keep drafting, keep doing mock drafts. Just see where you can get certain players. And don't ever reach for guys. Just let it all fall to you. All right. I'd like
2: to thank I agree with, uh, with all the points. I mean, you know, we can disagree, but we're not, you know, arguing, I'm not calling anybody an idiot here. And when it comes to zero RB, you know, that is a, I'd like to think that's more of a, uh, for someone with a lot more years under their belt to play. Cause it's a, it's a, there's so many strategies to this thing And zero RB is just a way for, you know, a, a veteran fantasy football player to kind of challenge themselves because, you know, they, they, they don't draft an RB as Bo Pusu said, but you have to play the way waiver wire and that there's a lot of tips and tricks that are involved in that that you only get after playing in a few years it can be maybe league dependent where I know the, the other players in my league I know how they draft I know how they play the the waiver wire here so again who's to say that you can't just you know, start firing on all cylinders. Just feet to the fire. Let's just, you know, draft a, a tight end premium league, and then we'll go zero RB because it's not to be honest with you, it's not life or death. It's all meant to be fun, and it's all meant to be learning here. So uh, a zero RB strategy will very much challenge your your draft, uh, your drafting prospects.
7: I, I do have to agree with that. In the way of, I probably wouldn't want to uh, go zero RB my first. Like, on my second year doing this, just because of the fact, like, that seems more of, like, challenging yourself and making it harder on you. And I didn't even have a very good year last year, so I'm looking to get a better year in before I start challenging myself like that.
1: Yeah, I would say, so, and, and I look at this, so I'm a I'm a high school teacher, so I, I look at this also as kind of, like, the educator <laughs> piece of it. Uh, you really want to, like, set your foundation first before then you start to build up into you know the the zero rb model or the the high tight end early those are all really great strategies but you really want to set up your foundation and those base those really borderline basic skills first and then you can graduate on to that higher level stuff so you know that's where it sounds like you're going to be going which is fantastic um but don't don't overexert yourself on a strategy that you're you may not be fully prepared for because you are just like you said you're so new to it. So, you know, just just drafting a solid team is going to be a next big step versus now trying to t- tackle this zero RB model that is still really hard for a lot of veterans. Mm,
7: thank you. Um
0: and we've also got hi Laura on the chat uh or yeah, up i don't, on the I don't stage. have any more
7: questions i don't have any more questions so
0: well, well we appreciate you coming up here and asking away there Marsha. you're more than welcome to come back if you think of anything more though all right yeah, yeah
4: absolutely.
2: i have to say thank you for these because you know to be honest with you a lot of people uh they they don't have the confidence and they i i you know you're a teacher right and uh You know, there is no such thing as a stupid question. So to have the the guts, let's say, to come up here and say, I I didn't, this is my second year, I I didn't draft well. I I thought maybe drafting a kicker, I'm not going to laugh at you. I know nobody here is going to laugh at you, but you came up and you asked some questions and you got honest answers. And um, hopefully you have a, a more successful season and I'll be here every step of the way if you need anything.
3: For sure.
0: All right. Thank you. All right. Hi, Laura. He's the uh, undropable's main man as well. He's not a official m- member of the crew, but he is a uh staple to the chat down below. So what have you got for us tonight? are there- hi Thar?
9: hey, yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far uh I mostly <laughs> just hopped on their patreon and uh got an invite there but anyway uh yeah, uh how's it going, guys? <laughs>
6: what's up man what's up hi what's up man good to have you on. good evening man.
9: thanks
2: for the patreon that's huge thank you yeah, yeah good to
6: talk to you man
9: yeah super random i like i don't know i listen to your podcast all the time and then just hopped on your website and i guess i was the first one to hop on before like when it just got posted so it worked out well
2: you made a good decision i'll, I'll tell you that much you're the, yeah, you're you the, guys, found, you're the founding you're the founding
1: member yeah <laughs> that's yeah. huge
2: You might be able to sell that membership like this time next (laughs) year for like, you know, $500,000, who knows, It's like crypto getting in on the on the undroppables Patreon is like buying crypto. It's only going to the moon.
6: Hey, love that.
9: Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm also uh, just started watching football and everything uh, playing fantasy. Actually, didn't watch any sports until like six months ago. Um, you know, your average player, I guess. <laughs> uh, I I had one question. Uh, what is the one strategic thing each of you do that you think really gives you the edge in your own leagues? Ooh, I'm interested. Ooh. In this. Who has the edge in what?
0: Love it. Let's start uh, up here with. Uh... O oh, B P O F S U, because
8: yeah, I can go. You, um, you one thing, I, it's, uh, I've started looking at air yards a lot. Um, it's something that is something that not a lot of people know of. So it's a huge edge. And so it really measures, I don't know if you know what air yards is, but it looks at uh, how many times like the player's thrown the ball and how far they're thrown. And so it pretty much accounts for incomplete passes for them. And so, um, you know, it's a, football is a small sample size. Fantasy football is a tiny sample size. But this just expands our sample size a little bit more. And so there's some players that just got really lucky or unlucky sometimes and will have four to five balls just thrown over their head. And they're not getting any yards. So it's not showing up on the stat sheet, but they're getting those air yards. And so you can look at those players um, and know that they're going to have bounce-backs weeks. And so that's something that you can look to – when you're looking at the waiver wire, who to pick up in seasonal, uh, you look at those air yards, who has more air yards than really like the average or expected. Um, and that's one way that I just dominate the wide receivers I have because I just – I usually go zero RB because that's just how drafts have been going these last few years. Um, but air yards is like the one thing that's really taken my next my game to the next level.
9: And do you think that, uh, I guess we were talking about redraft here, I, I didn't really necessarily stick to that, but you think that correlates pretty well from season to season as well?
8: Uh, it depends. Um, it's something that I, I would honestly like to look at more, um, and definitely something i look more at for a redraft and now uh, daily fantasy too. Um, but you can kind of spot like when someone is going to have a good performance because they've been underperforming for a while, um, was it Will Fuller with his, like, five touchdown week one time? I was just riding Will Fuller several weeks and I was like, he's gonna he's gonna go eventually. He's gonna go eventually. He's gonna go eventually because he's getting those air yards. Um, so I'm not sure it goes between seasons because um, players change offenses, offenses change, um, but it definitely is something I look at seasonally.
5: I think you can definitely use it between seasons, but you have to, like, have some nuance to it. Like, if... Like, Robbie Anderson is an example. Like, he's still on the same team. It's the same coaching staff. So he'll probably get similar air yards per target, but he might get more targets because, like, Curtis Samuel is gone. And you can apply that to, like, every single team. Um, Obviously, it's harder when there's a team like the Dolphins who gets two new wide receivers with, like, Waddle and Fuller. Um, Then it's harder to use season to season. But with teams that are steady – at the wide receiver position, it's not too bad.
6: Yeah, I mean, I could jump in here. Um, hey, hi, dar. This is Chalk. You know, th- thanks again for um, you know, being our first patron. Um, you know, we actually got someone else signed up just the other day. So, and we haven't even fully officially launched, although we're you know starting to make those moves. Uh, shameless plug there. Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, in terms of redraft, um, you know, I think something that gives me an edge as, as a fantasy gamer is uh, working the waiver wire, right? So um, you know, usually redraft can be won. Uh, obviously, you, know, you can't necessarily win through the draft, although you can lose a league in the draft, uh, but you're never really gonna win a league just by drafting. It's it's those in season kind of roster management moves you're making. Um, so a couple of things there, it's, you know, I, I'm, I try not to panic early in the season. I made that mistake in the past, right dropping players who you've drafted who are under underperforming in the first few weeks of the season um you know i i I would say like you want to try to hold on for a few weeks and just kind of see how things settle in uh so that's one thing another thing is paying attention to the wire and really kind of using your your budget to to um to you know acquire free agents off the wire um you don't want to you don't want to spend all your money right away. But then if you see an opportunity to grab a guy, um, you know, even before the hype, um, you know, if you kind of have a good feeling about something or um, you're kind of reading between the tea leaves, maybe there's a guy, I mean, a couple years back, I mean, uh, Nick Chubb, when he was a rookie, uh, he was a player that I, I had picked up uh, off the wire uh, fairly early, just thinking that, you know, looking at the situation, right. Carlos Hyde was there. he's pretty old. Duke Johnson was on the Browns and, and then they they had, Nick Chubb on, out there, and uh, he had that one explosive game. I don't think anyone picked him up, or uh, he was just sitting there. Uh, I picked him up, and I stashed him. Obviously, ended up working really well for me. Uh, so kind of being mindful of the wire. Uh, one trick I would use on ESPN leagues, and this is not for everybody. This is because I'm probably degenerate, is ESPN leagues. I think they the waiver wire, I don't remember 100%, but I think it crosses over at like 2.30 in the morning or something, local time. Um so kind of knowing when the waiver wire clears and if you're if you don't put in a bid, you save your kind of um maybe there's not guys that you're like sold on, but you just kind of want to pick up maybe for free. Uh you just wake up, set an alarm, or you stay up and you just get those guys as soon as the waiver's clear, uh, you get them for free. Cause at that point they're gonna become instant free agent pickups. Um so that's kind of from a redraft standpoint. Uh like I said, yeah, don't panic too early you know, work the wire, um, and be kind of diligent there. Uh, there's always going to be players, Darren Waller, Logan Thomas. Those guys, you know, before their breakouts, they were on the waiver wire in redraft leagues. They were just sitting there. Um, I remember even for Dynasty, I picked up Darren Waller in the offseason, literally on like five, six Dynasty teams for free. zero zero free agent budget used. Um, and I just picked them up, stashed them because I just heard there was a possible opportunity that he was going to get. And if you have space, you definitely want to stash those guys up, those high upside guys, um, if you can. Uh, and then from a Dynasty standpoint, um, not playing the long game too much. Uh, I wrote wrote about this recently in, in one of my Art of Dynasty chapters. And it's when you're playing Dynasty, and I, I fell to this when I was a beginning Dynasty player, was I want all the young guys on my team. I want all the rookies. I want all the young... You know, up-and-coming superstars. I thought they were going to be stars. Um, and, you know, luckily, when I was getting into it, I was picking up the Godwins and the DJ more early. Um, but, and they panned out, but in the first couple years, they weren't panning out. And my whole team was just all young guys. Um, if you do that, you you may never win, ever. You may be always chasing the new young guy. Uh, you might become an ageist and not want the Allen Robinsons. Um, you know, the guys are producing... Uh, at a high level, Devontae Adams, he's getting old, Hopkins, right? A lot of players I see, they're trying to get rid of them because they, you know, they just want the young guys. Um, so there, there needs to be balance, right? Take a win-now approach if you can to a certain extent, unless you know for a fact that you're just not going to be competitive, then then you kind of start working a different strategy. But um, you know, taking the redraft mindset and the dynasty is also something that, you know, will give you an edge. Um, You know, versus other people who are always looking for that long, long, slow build. The build. Yeah.
4: uh, Oh, go ahead, Dukes.
3: Okay, and I'll throw it to you after Dan. This will be short, just to build off what Chalk was saying about redraft. uh, The people that are really diligent—that's who win redraft leagues. So like he said, combing the waiver wire, staying up those late nights to do your free agent pickups uh, because you didn't want to use up your waiver priority. Um, and, and also looking at matchups, looking at what defensive players are out, um, there might be a guy on the waiver wire that nobody else is thinking about, but he's got a prime matchup because a corner is out that would have been matched up against him. Um these are all little things you can do just to give yourself an edge every week and there's only well 17 weeks now but those wins are so important so you just got to do all those little things just to give yourself that little edge every week um so that's how you win in redraft and then yeah in dynasty again I'm just going to echo what chalk said it's it's really just all about getting the value that's already there because a lot of people are looking into the future and you'll be able to, to flip your assets when it's time. Uh, and when, and you'll know when it's time. Uh, and that's another thing we talk about with all the theory, but, uh, yeah, you just, just really want to focus on, uh, being solid at each position. Definitely want to have enough quarterbacks quarterback, the value in super flex is, uh, can't be understated. Um, yeah, I, I'll let Dan add to that.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Um uh, for redrafting it, you know, to continue. Uh even, you know, taking the waiver wire, kind of like what Duke and Nick were saying, um, really also like thinking a week ahead is huge. So if you can see especially especially when you're trying to stream defenses, if you can take a, a look at like, you know, maybe, you know, Denver's really good this year and i don't know the schedules but like maybe like weeks 9 10 11 they have like cake matchups that you pick them up week eight so you can secure it and 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 trying to think ahead and and redraft especially on the waivers is huge um you know it allows you to to kind of jump ahead and and stay a, a step ahead of the people and um Dynasty wise, I think, trying to yeah, try to avoid the ageism piece of it. Um, two years ago, uh, Edelman was following falling very, very deep in dynasty startup drafts because he was old. He was I mean he was locked I was telling people, he's a locked in top ten receiver for that year and cool. people were avoiding him because he was only gonna be two year play. So you were getting a top 10 player in rounds like 9, 10, 11, 12, or even later uh, because people didn't like the age. So don't be afraid of age is one of the big things uh, for me. If uh, a guy has to like I lost like i rotted on my roster last year and now he's gone. Oh, well, like it sucks. But at the same time, like I got a top 10 pick for a year far later at value than I should have. So don't be afraid of age would be my thing.
0: All right, and I think that completes around the horn
4: there.
9: Uh, any follow-up questions to that, Heidar? No, I I don't think so, really. Uh, I guess one note that I happen to know is uh, ESPN actually does like a random waiver wire. Uh, like it drops kind of randomly between like midnight and three, so you kind of have to like wait for that window and refresh if you're really. Trying oh, did,
6: to, did, did 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 they change that? Because I know a few years ago or a couple years ago when I was playing on ESPN, uh, it was like a set time. Um, I'm not gonna try to ask some buddies what it was, but I felt like it was yeah. like a oddball. It was like it wasn't like 2:30 on the dot. It was like 2:33. Fan three, tracks right? at was, three in the morning. I, I set my alarm all the time. Chuck. Yeah, it was something weird. Like they, you know, I know ESPN has it like on a off minute type thing. It's not like on the dot. Um, well, hi there. I'll, I'll look into it, too, and I'll let you know if I find anything out.
9: Yeah, um, when, I, when I was I'll doing I played it last season, and I, I was staying up, and it was kind of randomly <laughs> between, like, a couple-hour gap.
6: Interesting. But anyway. All right, and
0: appreciate the questions there, Hi Haidar. Uh, and again, uh, thank you for uh, coming on stage here and, you know, asking the hard ones. Appreciate you and uh coming up next it looks like we've got sprinkle stick he uh has a couple of questions here in the chat itself but he's on stage so let's just hear him live what's up sprinkle stick
9: y'all can hear me all good yes sir loud and clear all right sounds good space all right guys uh here's a couple questions i got for you um
3: first one is you know what's that kind of content you really hate seeing pop up on your feed, or you just think it's unnecessary? You just scrolling through Instagram or Twitter, and you just look at that, and you're just like, "I hate seeing this stuff." Like, you think it's useless. What what's that type of fantasy content you think is just not that good compared to other content?
1: I would just say like anything that's like super clickbaity or like content farming. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, it's. Yeah. I would just say anything that's done that is clearly made to like get clicks. Like if you're ranking Jamar chase, for example, like as the wide receiver seven for this rookie class, like it's done purely to get clicks. And like, that's not like a serious football take. So stuff like that, I I find
8: pretty annoying. Mm -hmm. I have something I could say. I hate as like, I I'm the, the data guy for us. So when people use like don't use points per game and instead use total points for the end of the season, um uh, that drives me nuts when people are comparing like oh he finishes like wide receiver seven uh, and i was like okay like in total points versus point, points per game like i would love it if the fantasy community moved over to talking more about points per game because it's really rare that every player plays um or that most players play like they don't play most of the games so the seasonal finish drives me absolutely nuts and total points drives me nuts
1: I think the hard part with that is you need like we'd have to have an agreed upon floor of like what is an acceptable amount of games played for like points per game to like matter like for you yeah. is it 8 games is it 10 games is it 12
7: like Honestly, there's, most there's...
1: of my stuff is at least 5 I go yeah. 5 and up I, I that's way too little for me to be honest yeah
8: like, well you're talking to the stats guy who has a whole article about why small sample size is an issue but yeah you have to draw the line somewhere <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I think eight to ten games at least gives you, like, a half season's worth of, of you know, data points. I find that's good. Um, I think the hardest part is, like, with so many things in fantasy, like, people just don't agree on, like, definitions. And, like, that's just another thing that people are going to try to, like, nitpick out. is like, no, seven games is really better than eight. So, I think that's a hard point with point per game.
3: Yeah, also, um, just always pretty much what these guys are saying is look for when people are just trying to spin a narrative rather than take directly uh what the numbers are saying and also remember it's not always just the numbers that's another thing is you got to remember that all these situations are changing for a running back you got to see what's the offensive line what's the offensive line coaching running back coaching i mean if you really want to get into it and and just read on every team that's a whole other thing but um just know that all the situations change so it really is just all about uh absorbing knowledge and then presenting it clearly in a in a way that tells a story not not spinning something that is either hot takey or just uh you know like I said this before so here's why it's going to happen you know you got to look for those types of things and that's what I don't like when people are pushing a certain narrative that isn't necessarily true, they're just uh, using stats to spin it that
0: way. I don't want to interrupt, uh, but welcome to the chat, two on one, Tommy, and he jumps out right. Hey, as he out. hey. To be fair, uh, sprinkle
2: know- stick. I don't think any content is useless it's all in the eye of the of the reader and what we're doing here you know because if you were to put out something sprinkle stick and said you know hot takey as we've said or you know you're pushing your own narrative with numbers that give you 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 get an advantage with your take because you're spinning something a certain way like I'm not going to put you down and call you useless or say you're a jerk I just will cruise right by it so nothing is useless because your content might be serving a purpose to it's serving a purpose to you and it's serving a purpose for anybody else who likes that kind of content so i don't find anything useless but i have my my favorites and i go from there i completely understand that
3: point of view and to be fair that's to that point as well, useless was a very harsh word to use with this. More so, it's just as long as it lined up, you just pops along your feet, and you're just like, I really don't like these types of takes, and it just kind of makes you have like a gut reaction to it, that
9: kind of thing. But I understand that point about nothing being necessarily useless.
6: Yeah, if I could jump in real quick, um, you know, I think takes or you know content that bothers me uh, as someone who you know is a brand. Brand brand builder and you know I'm, I'm I'm always looking for you know content creators to add to the platform is you know and I think Tommy we talk about this you know from time to time is if you put out some takes
4: right you need to have some reason film analysis. or a combination to back it, right? just to say it and,
6: and and get the clicks or the of like. Oh, people are liking my stuff, right? Um, you know, I, I think you should back your stuff up. I mean, you know, and and also another thing I don't like is the mental, mental gymnastics, right? With they like a player, right, for whatever reason, but then they'll fade a player for different reasons. But then when you really look at all the reasons in a in a pumper look like well why do you not like this player situation just different team maybe a different name name play on the back of their jersey and looking at and i'm not saying i don't like deandre swift right don't get me wrong i love deandre swift and dynasty but you know i see people pumping him still but then they're fading other players you know like a josh
4: Jacobs or miles sanders for I was worried about Deandre Swift. It's, to me, those types of things where people are
6: not seeing like they're kind of stuff up. And second of all, you know, whatever reasons you have for liking or not liking a player, you should apply that simply across
4: all players um and not- all right anybody else uh-
6: I want
0: to chime in but, there. Yeah, or... Tommy,
6: if you're there, I know you just got on, but you know, I'd love to hear from you. Cause I know we've talked about some strategies and, uh, that worked well for you in both dynasty and redraft. He hopped back
0: off. He, uh, ended okay. up duck- he got disconnected. I think, uh, he had to go. Okay. Uh, so let's, uh, bounce it down to, uh, let's hear Duke's first.
3: All right. took me a second to unmute there, but, uh, so what I was going to just say, so I already mentioned before and chalk mentioned before and other people mentioned before that so much of it is not just the draft, but um, so since a lot of you were asking redraft questions, I'll, I'll stick to redraft here. Um, when, so aside from the draft, you want to be diligent and everything, but my draft strategy is this, I want to take players that are proven and and that I'm basically getting value at that pick. And then I'm not going to force any. So if three running backs fall to me, one, two, three, okay, I can flex one. And, and these are great values at these picks. I, I'll do it. I'm not afraid to do that. Um, and then later on in the draft, I like to take uh, high upside rookies. So a running back this year I like a lot is Michael Carter. Because you look at that backfield. If he's the best player in that backfield, it's going to be apparent right away just because look at his competition. Um, so he can help you f- possibly from week one. He could win that job in training camp. Um, that's a good target. And, and then just uh, other wide receivers. A lot of times you can actually pick those guys up midseason because a lot of times they'll break out later in the year. But just pay attention to those players, basically, because – the talent's there. The team's just figuring out how to use them. So you just have to make sure that you're monitoring those situations.
4: All
0: right, yeah. BC or uh, Sabre, let's go over to you. You were about to pipe
1: up. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go real quick because it's kind of pretty similar to Duke's. I would say uh, redraft, it, it's all about the waiver. Um, and that just takes a lot of time and practice and mm-hmm. you know, being able to identify people. um and a lot of times, and and, you know, Dukes is talking about Michael Carter and high upside guys, and like that's a great late pick uh, in in redraft. I, very often it's it's completely fading rookies. Um, you know, we've been spoiled the last two two seasons or so with like crazy rookie performances, but that's very atypical. So uh, you know, making sure to really, really avoid the hype on rookies for redraft, because more often than not, you know, they're 65 catches for 700 yards. is like, sick for them as, like, a rookie, but, like, that's not helping you win fantasy. So, uh, you know, avoiding, avoiding the rookie hype for, for redraft is, is really huge. Is something that I've found. Gotcha.
8: One thing I do... Or, Beast, do you want to go, or you want me to go?
2: No, I have an it. Go ahead.
8: Uh, one thing I've been doing, uh, even before I was on dropables and redraft, I always play with like friends and ESPN leagues and stuff where you have to have a kicker. I drop that kicker immediately after the draft, pick up another high upside player, uh, and don't get a kicker if I don't need to. I don't get a kicker if I have a good team. I've won many a weeks. It makes my friends so mad without a kicker uh but you want to have that high upside player because the kickers have really limited upside they almost have no upside yeah. uh and there's a lot of players that i make my friends really mad that like saturday night at like at 11 or 12 i'll drop the kicker and pick a, or drop a, the player that didn't pan out or for a kicker or something i uh move my roster around a lot and I'm really created that kicker position because most kickers are replaceable um and there are players that you don't know if someone's going to – the running back might be questionable for the week. So you pick up their backup uh, and you just have someone that's high upside for that week and really used because it's an extra roster spot. Um, and so use your roster as best as you can by dropping that kicker and then picking them up if you really need them that week.
2: I would say uh, everything has been fantastic. I, I would say use use your God-given skills, right? If you're, if you, I don't want to say like a con artist, but if you know your league well enough, or if it's a bunch of strangers, you have to. How can I put this without sounding like a like a creep? Like take advantage. of, of, of people with the whole, you know, uh, sell high and buy low thing. In today's day and age of, of social media, I, I see it, all, you see waves all the time. Last week was the Paris Campbell wave and then it was Rojo wave and the stuff has all but disappeared here. We have, uh, people say short windows, but in, again, in today's day and age, you'll get like a good four or five day window based on, on social media or based on, uh, you know, chats your fantasy chats or your your league chats whatever use that to your advantage in the best possible way without being called the creep and without going to jail when i say take advantage i mean for fantasy uh football players nothing nothing more nothing less there but if you have uh if you have the gift of Of gab and you can really, you know, sweet talk a a team into selling you players and you know you're getting over and the league does, but there's nothing they can do to stop it because it's a, it's a trade made between two people that had a conversation, you know, that gets into the whole, I'm not a fan of vetoing, vetoing trades, you know, two people got together and that's their business. Right. But, but use what you know that you can do well to your advantage. If you can sell, I think in Tommy boy, you could sell a, a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves then do it all day in your fantasy league
0: i've never heard that uh comparison before uh that's new to me (laughs) yeah you Uh,
2: can get a good look at a at a t-bone by sticking your head up a bull's ass but wouldn't you rather (laughs) take the butcher's word for it
0: (laughs) good points all around
2: i have
1: heard that one you have to know these. Come on,
2: yeah, come on. They're both to-
5: uh,
1: Tommy Boy, Chris Farley. For shame, all of you for shame.
2: I know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I was in a in an instance where people thought I made those up, which was pretty pretty fun
0: for me.
4: Well, the, <laughs> the, in the
0: in the immortal words of T Pain, I will blame it on the alcohol. So. Um, <laughs> Sprinkle stick, thank you for coming up to the stage. Uh before uh we start wrapping this thing up, I've got a special guest uh up here. Uh again, thank you, my man. Great questions in the chat. And as always, we appreciate you showing up for the AMAs. Uh Sprinkle Stick is uh here quite often, so we want to show him some love. Uh appreciate you, big dog.
3: Sounds good. Thanks for the talks, guys. Good answers all around. Thanks, man.
2: Thanks, Sticks. Slide sticks.
3: Great
0: name by the way. Great name. Um but the last uh last q- few questions we have here are from my man Acid Override. Acid does all the sound editing that makes these AMAs and uploads possible for us. Um uh he is he what I can't get done usually he does for me. Um for the server. DR is obviously my bot man. Shout out to Dr. the the true uh, hero of the server here in the crowd. But Acid, what do you, what have you got for us tonight? Yeah, what's up, guys? So uh,
3: I'm more interested in the in the league and the 17 games in the in the season now, and then the possibility of adding an 18th game in a couple years if that pans through. Um, so outside of fantasy, how do you guys feel about that for the sport? And then taking fantasy back into the equation. Um, you know, if they do add a 18th game and maybe a second buy, how do you guys feel about that and the fantasy implications?
2: I can't be the only one who knows acid override the photo and what movie that's from. Let me first by start saying that.
8: <laughs> I'm glad someone recognizes it.
2: Yeah, it's a great hackers. It's a great movie. So I'll get right into my answer real quick. So a 17 game season For the most part, um, personally, I think people are, and don't rake me over the coals for this, but I think people are taking it way too serious. To be honest with you, for fantasy purposes and for DFS purposes, it's fantastic. I think the only people that are upset about it maybe would be the actual football players because they're so conditioned in, in middle school, high school, college, and in NFL. It's always been 16 games. And a lot of these, they're grade A athletes. They're top-notch in, in they're in peak physical condition condition and they have a, a schedule of everything down to, to every meal they eat, every calorie they eat. And then so so to throw, you know, one more game in a season, which isn't it's not a big deal to me, but it, it you know they're they're creatures of habit, I'd like to think. You got grown professional athletes going through like tackle drills or they're lining up in their, you know, they're going over everything in practice a million times. They're creatures of habit. They do the same thing over and over again. So when you throw just a little wrench into those works, it can create, you know, I don't want to say awful situations, but it creates some unrest. But for, for fantasy purposes, I don't think it's a big deal at all. If, you, if you're if you a true blue fantasy football player or a fantasy DFS player, then you love strategy to begin with. And this just adds another layer to your strategic thinking. How can I go about this? The waiver wire gets a little bit more important. Your trades become uh, more important. And then if you like to look ahead to your, your league's playoff schedule, you have that. So it just adds another layer of strategic thinking uh, to the fantasy football season, which I love. I I'm in full favor of that one. So uh, as I said, for, real life purposes, the players are probably a little bit bummed out. Maybe they get an extra game check, obviously. But for fantasy purposes, I don't see any issue with it. We're able to to do our thing one week longer. We can think, we can write, we can, you know, chat about it one week more. So me personally, asset override,
8: I have no issue with it. PC, I have to add one other group that's really pissed about this, and that's people like me who have a bunch of massive data sets that all relied on 16, <laughs> and I'm having to yeah, go through and true. find all the seventeens and switch that over. Um, but I think one big thing we have to realize is a lot of the, like things we looked at before as like great things that players achieved, like even like a thousand yard and like two thousand yard rushing season and stuff like that, that we can't really compare that back anymore. And we have to be, like, cognizant of, like, those are just a slightly – the bar slightly lowered on those barriers. Uh, So that's just something when you're looking at, like, when um, you're looking back at players and seeing, like, oh, well, when players, like, scored this many or had this many touches or something, uh, they were, like, an RB1, you have to remember now that there's another game of opportunity for those players now. So you have to adjust those barriers. And I'm starting to even hear that in podcasts. Like, people are still referring to – the next season, I said it still has 16 games, uh, so that's something you really have to be conscious of as a fantasy player going forward.
1: Yeah, I would say I, I actually not like a huge, um, just because I think they're gonna push to 18 games here soon, and, and this isn't a fantasy take; this is a real life kind of take. Uh, within probably two three years, they'll probably push to 18 games. Um, hopefully, they're gonna build in an extra bye week. Uh, but, you know, we never know how that goes. Uh, that means they're taking away more preseason games or, you know, the the practice l- rules that the players negotiated for. Um, my fear is that it's going to water down the beginning part of the season even more. I mean, I, I think it's very obvious the trend we've seen the past two, three years uh, with some of the new, like, offseason rules. The first four weeks especially have become really, really just... Bad football for the most part. Uh, so I think it's going to get watered down even more. You know, with more games, we're going to increase uh, injury risk. We're going to then possibly see guys taking more rest days in the middle of the season or at the end of the season. Uh, so it, it, sometimes it's like you know don't don't mess with what works. and the the unfortunate thing with the NFL and especially Goodell is greed is king. So they see two more games that and they're gonna dangle those game checks in front of the players and say, Hey, you get to smoke weed and get two extra games and like everything's good. And there's there's less thought about how that's actually going to impact the game of football itself. And and frankly, I think it's not going to be uh I I, I think it's oh two games, who cares? But I think it's it's far more than two games. So I'm actually not a fan of it, to be very honest.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, both, I mean, all great points all around in terms of real and and fantasy implications. I mean, for fantasy, um, you know, yeah, I do think that we might even see some watering down of, like, the elite players, right? I mean, there's going to be load management um, for guys like, you know, Mahomes or, you know, Christian McCaffrey's, where if they're a playoff contending team um, midway through the season – they might start to rest the guys like in the fourth quarter, right? So it's going to affect you know our ability to really gauge the elite players, maybe. Um, you know, I mean, we we all seen like you know in a, in a normal season before. You know, if a team's locked up a buy a playoff by, or you know top seed, they're going to rest their starters in the last week. I mean, we might even start seeing that in blowout games where you know players coming out more more and more starters are coming off the field um, in those blowout games, even before the last week or two of the season. Um, so that 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 is something that we'll probably have to adjust to, uh, which will really kind of be a bummer um, if it's not as predictable in terms of, you know, what we're expecting from players. Uh, another thing is, uh, especially in the near term, you know, if you're playing in super flex leagues, those backup quarterbacks, you know, are definitely increasing in value now. Um, you definitely want to make sure you're stashing up backup quarterbacks, you know, if possible, and then even running backs, right? Um, you know, there's going to be a lot more injuries or potential for more injuries, like um, like, like Dan just mentioned. And you know, with that being said, you, you know, you want to make sure that you you're kind of insulating your roster, uh, especially your contending teams with you know good depth, right? Depth is going to be key, uh, especially in a dynasty and even redraft. Um, so those types of things are definitely going to put wrinkles in in what we're playing. It's it's definitely going to change strategy, uh, even nuanced strategy. Uh, going forward and and we will we don't really know we, we, and we won't really know for the next couple of years and by the time we start adjusting they might add that 18th gain or you know and then from there what what happens there we're going to be continuing to adjust so it's an exciting time i guess you could say because like for especially a like dfs um but it's also kind of yeah. a kind of a, a weird time because we don't know what's going to happen how we're going to actually really have to adjust but just know that we're going to have to adjust, right, all of us. And by the time we finally adjust to 17 games, they'll probably shift to 18, and then we're going to have to adjust again. So, um, yeah, it's 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 maybe going to level the playing field too, right? It's going to allow more newer players to kind of catch up, right? Create, maybe create more parity within fantasy leagues and between fantasy managers, which could be kind of fun. Um, not as fun for the experienced guys, because now we're kind of all playing on a more level playing field in a sense because uh, we're all adjusting. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. You know what, Chuck? Uh, I
2: I completely failed to think about the you know the dfs implications much you know just on the surface i obviously we we've looked at it but deeper and in looking into it my my expertise is is daily fantasy football and even more so my expertise is digging through all those low owned uh, guys that play that nobody cares about that that you need to have in your lineups if you want to hit a, any big money in a big tournament or something like that so this is only going to uh I guess, help my cause digging in deeper. Because again, as as peep someone mentioned moments ago, we might get rest games, kind of like the NBA is doing. We might get, you know, the first four or five games of the season is going to be very slow. And then the the last three or four are going to be a lot of, you know, rested players or rested teams when the playoff picture is, is made clear. So someone, you know, like me, and it's found on the Undroppables, bottom of the barrel is going to be, it's going to add another layer of looking in and digging out those diamonds in the rough week in and week out. So thanks, Chalk, for, for sparking that. I didn't even think of it that way.
6: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
5: I both agree with what Chalk said and what he said, but also disagree in ways. Um, I like the 17-game schedule because, obviously, that's a whole other week we get to watch football. I'm I'm loving that. And also, you get rid of that stupid 500 season. You either win, you have either have a winning season or a losing season. You can't have a fucking half season.
0: Well, suffice to say, you just jinxed somebody in uh, in a tie next year. So thank you for that. What's that? I said. Mm -hmm you said that we're either going to have a winning season or losing season. I said, well, that basically jinxes us into having at least one team that has a tie game at the end of the. End uh, of-
5: yeah. It really ties. But um, I don't think the 17 game season and is going to continue unless there's a second buy added. Like the players are clear that they want the second buy and like, I want the second buy. And then like, Obviously, there's so many different things that need to be fixed with scheduling, but overall, I think more games is better um, just because it's more enjoyable for the fans and it makes the teams more money and it makes players more money. But um, obviously, you do have to like figure out this whole Thursday night stuff and Monday night stuff and make sure that like there's actually a week in between games and you're not playing games with five days of rest because um, that's just unfair it ruins the games like obviously we saw like the Steelers play a game with like four or five game, four or five days of rest and they came out and they just weren't the same team that they were before and we want more football but we want enjoyable football so I think adding the second buy would make the entire experience better
1: yeah and that's the thing unless the owners and Goodell see the monetary value of adding that second buy the players the players don't have power. They have zero power in this, especially with the new CBA. They screwed the pooch on, on this new CBA. So, uh, you know, players have been complaining about Thursday night games, for example, for years now, and those aren't going anywhere because they make so much money off of it. So uh, unless there's a a monetary value that the NFL can get out of that second game or that second buy, that's also part of my worry of, like, they're not – They just, they don't see the need for it because what the players want doesn't really matter.
4: Anyone else want to jump in now?
0: That that around the horn?
3: Yeah, I can, I can, uh, I think they, everybody pretty much covered everything I was thinking about, uh, but
0: yeah, the feelings on the, the subject.
3: Yeah, I would I would say uh the one other thing is for this would be for league um managers or uh commissioners and uh that's just maybe if there are you know more games po- the possibility of more injuries and then if if uh a few years from now if there are two buys maybe that means you add another bench spot just because it's it's more difficult to Uh, Juggle all those bye weeks, or maybe another IR spot. You know, just little things like that. But you just adjust. We'll just adjust to whatever it is. And uh, as far as the real implications of it, and I've heard mostly that the players don't like it. So I would just defer to their judgment.
4: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um,
0: Well, tonight has been a great success. First off, well before that. Thank you acid great question um anything else that you want to add before we wrap this up
6: thanks y'all and i look forward to hearing your voices in 20 minutes when i edit this
9: uh edit this up
1: awesome <laughs> thank you
4: we couldn't do it without you big dog we appreciate
0: you thanks acid right yeah thank you all righty so before we get out of here let's go over a couple things firstly Chalk, Patreon, give us a scoop.
6: Yeah, thanks for um, allowing me the opportunity to talk about that. So yeah, we're we're officially launching our Patreon page. You can find us at patreoncom slash Uh We got different tiers. Uh, at the basic level, um, we got the Dynasty package, and we have the DFS package, and then we have the unlimited package. Um, you know, any, any of your support, I mean, we would truly appreciate it. Um, obviously, no pressure to do so. We're always going to be here to put out put out the free content on our side and on on the social media. Um, but if you want that kind of you know white glove service, you know, talking to us and getting our direct attention at any time you want uh, regarding your teams or your DFS lineups with Beastie, uh, feel free to check us out. Um, you know, it, it definitely it's something that you know we've been hesitant to launch um, just because we're not a paywall brand and we're never going to be a paywall brand. We're not going to put our rankings behind a paywall or a Patreon. Patreon, um, but this will allow us to, you know, pay some bills and kind of grow the brand and some of the resources that we're, we're trying to work with. Um, so yeah, I'd appreciate any of the support. Um, and if you do become a member, um, you'll get access to the undropables exclusive channels on the FF chat discord. Um, you know, if you scroll down on the sidebar, you'll see the Enjoppables VIP section. Uh, this is where you'll be able to reach out to us. You know, guys like Haidar and um, my boy Lex Luthor, who just signed up, um, you know, they're there chatting with us. And we got some of the other guys from the uh, Discord channel in there, along with, of course, the Injopables team. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to check us out uh, and give us a sub if, if, it, if it moves you to do so. If not, um, you know, we're still looking forward to connecting with you guys
2: absolutely i mean if people more people sign up and they got like df legit dfs questions and lineup concerns and how to build i'll hand out my phone number you can shoot me a text i'm i'm that serious about dfs and making myself available for people who who want to get into it seriously and make some money and have some fun let's chat
0: i love to hear it i love the enthusiasm i'm super excited to see uh what the season brings in that term, uh, definitely, um, excited to collaborate with the Indroppables team for that. I think they're the sky's the limit in terms of building the community as well as, you know, winning, winning some money, winning some ball games, you know, all of the above. So I'm excited. And I know you guys are too. Uh, but the community needs to get excited as well. So be looking for that. Uh, like they said previously, they haven't uh, really started pushing it too hard, but keep your eyes peeled because that will be coming soon. Um, also, next weekend, we've got a Charity potathon event coming up. Um, I'm going to get my piece before I throw it to the Undroppables to close it down for the night. But uh, we're hosting a Charity pot thon The Undroppables will be, uh, of course, featured. Uh, all of the proceeds are going to Blessings in the Backpack. It's a charity for underprivileged children that sends them home with backpacks full of food uh, when they otherwise might not eat over the weekend. Tickets are two ninety nine. Um, we would love if you could, you know, spare, you know, three dollars just for the kids. It's going straight there. Proof of donations going to be provided. We've done it before last year, we raised about five thousand or about thirty six hundred dollars was uh, the overall donation for the fishbowl for me. I'm looking to beat that this year. So um, if we could uh, spread the good word on Twitter and if you folks here listening would do the kids a favor and support them by buying a ticket, we would all appreciate it. That's limited to a thousand tickets, so uh, don't wait too late. Um, we're going to have people from everything between four for four to going for two, the Undroppables, True North. I mean, there's just too many to mentioned in a single sentence. So I'm going to leave it at that. But I definitely wanted to mention that while we had you guys here in the stage. Um, as we sign off, it's been nothing but a pleasure having the Undroppables here, breaking down fantasy football and the NFL landscape coming up. Last words around the horn from everybody or anybody, if you don't have anything to say.
3: Stay vigilant, uh, digilant. Um, keep improving your team, even when it's the best team in the league and draft
4: Rondell more. Mic drop.
1: Uh, I would say thanks, you know, thanks for hosting this for us. This was great. Um, You know, I I know we're ending here soon. I feel like we could just keep doing this for, you know, forever because we just all love to talk. Um, And, you know, for a shameless plug here too, uh, if anyone's looking for um, a redraft league or a charity league in the fall, uh, Teacher Charity League is something that you can find at AWL Sabermetrics on my pinned tweet. It's for Teacher Charity League. Uh, We're raising money for the uh, Hayden Hurst Foundation. So if you want to take part in a really fun uh, for Charity League, you can also check that out, uh, it's open to everybody um, that's that's a shameless plug on my end
0: and I wanted to add that um, yeah, we are ending it now Uh would gladly go on for hours and hours, but I need to save some of y'all's material for during the season too and like all summer long we've got AMAs twice a week so want want to keep a little bit, you know under the hood, and then we'll slowly roll it out there, so don't think that uh, I absolutely wouldn't want to keep going, but unfortunately, the lady is in my messages, not too happy, so continue on, uh KL down there Uh, last words uh, sage
4: advice, anything like that? I mean a few words. I was I was looking at a I was looking at a different Discord. I couldn't hit the button. Um, I'll say that drafting is easy. You just have to play good players. There we go. There we go. Draft
2: good. Beastie, what you got for us? Yeah, I would say be uh, be inquisitive, ask questions. What's the harm that can come from it? You can only learn and, and get better. Uh, all I've ever tried to do is share my own personal process because, I mean, I, I can give you all the advice or give you free DFS lines. But if, if I'm not around, if the undroppables uh, can't message you in time before lock, you're left to your own. So you have to work this stuff out on your own. Failing is not failing if you if you learn from it and you don't make the mistake again and uh one more time by myself i can only do so much we can get far you know by ourselves and alone but together we can achieve so much more we can get to the top of the hill and we can stay on the top of the hill so be kind be supportive and realize we're all in different situations so you know be empathetic and and just be overall nice
4: oh man do i gotta
8: close it out uh Let's see. Y'all were real sweet, so I'll, I'll say go Nuggets. Gonna go to the NBA championship. Gonna revenge for last season. Uh, support your local zoo. Uh, I'm a, I am work at a zoo. I'm a career zoo person. Uh, conservation education is my thing, so if you ever want to talk animals or anything, uh, I'm the person to hit up for that. And um, just engage with us. We're a great group. We always want to keep on engaging on Twitter and everything, so don't ever be afraid to message any of us. We'll Respond as quickly as we can.
0: And I think Chalk gets to close it out, if I'm not mistaken, right?
6: Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Thanks again for having us on. Um, you know, we always appreciate all the support on this Discord channel, and that's why, you know, we we love jumping on here, and we got a bunch of the guys hopping on. Um, like like uh, Brian, some other guys said, feel free to reach out anytime, um, and we'll always we'll always be here as a resource and Uh, help you win those leagues let's do this
0: it's been nothing but love from this side having you guys on uh and you know saber you say you act like we can't do this you know again here in a couple weeks so you never know what's in store here at Fantasy football chat but for tonight this is space goes force with all well not all the but a number of the undroppables You'll recognize a lot of them, and if you don't, girl, you will by the end of the season because they're here all the time. Uh, This is Space Ghost Force signing off for Fantasy Football Chat. This has been The Boardroom with NFL Fantasy Football Breakdowns with the Undroppables. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see everybody next time.